Good morning. Merry Christmas. Great to see you all. Um, so whether you're here in person or online, Merry Christmas. So glad you're here. Do you know this won't happen again for 11 years where Christmas Day will fall on a Sunday? I thought it was seven. I misspoke because I forgot about that whole leap year thing. So apparently it's 11 years before this happens again. So I think that's pretty cool, pretty special to spend Christmas morning together here with our church family. Um, and I, somehow we're going to figure out how to get a family picture of all these Christmas jammies because y'all look awesome. Y'all look awesome. I want the record to show, you can ask anyone else here, Michael Schaefer, <laughs> that I was wearing that Santa onesie until one minute before the service started and then kind of chickened out. <laughs> so maybe for... Thank you, Lindsay. Maybe for breakfast, we'll, we'll put it back on. Oh, there's a picture. There you go. Let the record show. I uh, chickened out. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, I'm still wearing Christmas jammies that match my family. So, oh, well, the scripture passage that we're going to reflect on this morning comes from, can you guess it? Luke chapter 2. <laughs> wow, brand new information. <laughs> but, but verses that we haven't, um, we haven't read yet this, this season. So this is Luke chapter 2, verses 15 through 20. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I don't know about you, uh, but I find it really easy to marvel at a new baby. Anyone else? A brand new, teeny, not, not Haley, apparently. <laughs> okay. Matt says they all kind of look the same, a little bit like aliens. Um, I don't. I think it's really, really easy to marvel at a brand new baby. I remember those first few moments uh, after meeting Logan for the first time. Matt and I just sort of, I think he did then, didn't say that our son looked like an alien, sort of just marveled at his little existence together, thinking, are you really here? Did that really just happen? Are your fingers really that little? A few months ago, I was driving the boys home from school, and I was stopped at a stoplight, and Logan, out of nowhere, says, Mom, why you like flowers and babies? <laughs> I was like, oh, I guess I do talk about flowers and babies a whole, a whole lot. Flowers, of course, because you guys know I love to garden in my front uh, flower beds. And I, I think it, back in the fall, I was talking about changing things out and what we could do, you know, going into the, the winter. Uh, and then babies, I guess just because of how sweet and plump they are. I, I talk to most babies that I see. 
Uh, I do. I have to stop, and they're, they're chunky cheeks. Mostly I talk about Logan's brother, and we still call him baby. Even though he's 19 months old, I still call him a baby. Uh, but I really, I really uh, do, do love all babies. Just want to kind of eat them up. I thought that was weird. thought that was weird until I met Matt's Aunt Mary Gale, who says that every baby she sees, and she says it like this through gritted teeth, needs a bustin'. That baby needs a bustin'. Do you guys ever feel that way? This is cute aggression. Have you heard about it? It's a scientific term. Oh, have you heard of it? Have, you have. Okay, this is cute aggression. It's okay. It refers, are you with me? Listen, it refers to an urge to squeeze, bite, or pinch something cute like a young animal or a human baby without any desire to actually cause them harm. <laughs> okay. Squeezing. <laughs> Squeezing. You just want to eat them up, squeeze them, but without any desire to actually cause them harm. Science tells me that this impacts half of adults. I, I'm guessing by how we're polling the room right now, it is not half of these adults. <laughs> you just eat their toes. Yeah, it's their toes. You just eat them up. See? Okay. Okay, so maybe, maybe, uh, maybe. Megan, too. Megan has all kinds of cute aggression, I just know. Can be baby animals as well, right? Uh, so, I, like I said, I, I do talk to most babies that I see. I like to encourage their parents, recognize that exhausted delight in their eyes, you know, that look, and bless them. Uh, new babies are, are so, so good. That newness of life, the new promise, the new wonder. So I say all that to say that that's what's happening in our scripture passage this morning, you guys. <laughs> they are marveling at this new baby. I don't know, we weren't there. You, I bet baby Jesus was really cute. <laughs> I bet he was really cute. That's what we see happening here. People gathering around to marvel at, at the new baby. And, and not just any baby. This is the Savior of the world, God in flesh, the one named Jesus, which means God saves. God saves. So last night, we, we read that story about the shepherds, and we focused on them and how they received this announcement from Gabriel. We pick up this morning with them going to see. There will be a sign to you. Not really much of a sign as much as you will see the actual baby lying in a manger. And that's how you're going to know that this is true. So we pick right back up, going with haste into the town to see it for themselves. And when they finally sort of find the baby, the shepherds marvel. And did you catch what they said to Mary and Joseph? They told them everything that the angels had said to them. They're like, this is incredible. We, we can't believe what just happened. These angels told us. They told us to come here, and here's this baby. Here you are lying in a manger. And they shared all of that news. It was really true. And everybody else gathered around too, because it says, Scripture says, everyone who gathered around heard and wondered at what the shepherds told them. Remember a few weeks ago, we talked about the role that a community can play for us and leaving space, leaving room in our lives for wonder and awe, kind of sharing in those glory sightings, those mighty acts of God. And when we sort of gather in community and when we share those glory sightings, like what the shepherds are doing right now, a whole host of heaven, heaven showed up in their field that night. Talk about a glory sighting. Talk about a thin space. 
And they went and they shared about it. And all who wondered, the the people who had gathered there, maybe it was other people who couldn't find room in the inn that night. Maybe it was other people who were tending to animals. We kind of know at this point, if you've been to the Holy Land, that it's likely sort of a cave where Mary gave birth, um, where you would have kept animals, right? Kind of back behind the house or behind the inn. Um, But it's such rocky terrain, keeping them warm, keeping them shelter. It would have been more like a cave-like enclosure. Maybe other people had found shelter there that night. Others checking in and tending to the animals. Maybe someone from the town who showed up to help because they heard a woman was in labor out back. Maybe other people were there. And all who gathered wondered, held that space in wonder and awe for what these shepherds were telling them just happened. Could it be true? Is he really here? The one we've waited for, the prince, of pre- the, the prince of peace, the true shepherd from the line of David. I want to focus just for a minute, though, on that verse, verse 19. The very next verse. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. After hearing what the shepherds are saying, after seeing everyone gathered around kind of in wonder and awe, Mary treasures these things and ponders them in her heart. I mean, imagine with me just for a moment what Mary might be experiencing. First of all, she's exhausted. She's probably probably panicked that she wasn't she's you know in active labor and couldn't find a place to stay for the night so there was probably some some fear and some panic there but then also some some fear and anxiety over as any first time parent might feel and then she's overwhelmed with with all the emotion on the other side of that with the the shock and the joy and relief and now hearing this announcement from the shepherds and and kind of confirmation again for Mary The same thing that the angel told her, the same thing that her cousin Elizabeth told her, and now here are these random stinky shepherds. (laughs) Here they come. She doesn't know them. And here they come, confirming again for Mary that this is true. This is happening. This is your son. And it's also the son of the Most High. And she ponders this, and and she treasures it. So this is kind of obvious, but, you know, to ponder means to confer, converse, to confer, to encounter. I love that, to fight within. It comes from the root word that means to weigh, kind of to think carefully before making a decision or reaching a conclusion. So, so Mary pondering these things in her heart, it's on another way to say, like, Mary is weighing these things. She's, she's holding these things. She's considering these things. What could Mary be be pondering really on her heart? Maybe anxiety over what is to come or what will be demanded of her son, holding all of these sort of beautiful moments and yet also pondering and considering the, the future for her son that is really unsure for her at this point. She weighs, she ponders, yet scripture says she treasures. She treasures these moments. You know, there's another place, a little Bible trivia, are you ready? There's another place in scripture 
where it says that Mary pondered things on her heart. Anyone know where it is? Maybe. I'm not saying you're not wrong. I'm not saying you're not right. It's just not the example that I have. Maybe it's more than one. She ponders the, I think, is that one of them? With the priest Zachariah? That wasn't Zachariah. Who was that? It was. It was. Simeon. Was it Simeon? No. It was Zachariah. This is a really good Bible trivia game. (laughs) Okay, so there might be multiple places where Mary ponders things on her heart. But there's one that comes later in Luke chapter 2. And it's when Jesus is, is older. It's when he's a young boy. And it's when they go to Jerusalem for Passover, and they're traveling home, and Jesus gets lost. Did you say that? She leaves him behind. Yeah. Which you're like, okay, as a parent, you're kind of like, geez, Mary and Joseph, like you, you tra- started traveling home. You didn't know where your kid was. But home alone, yeah, yeah. He was home. He was home. Um, but... You know, it's kind of like understood that you're kind of on pilgrimage to to Jerusalem once a year, and and if he's going with his whole family, with his whole community, it's reasonable, say biblical scholars that aren't parents in 2022, it's reasonable to think that Jesus may have just been with other friends and family, and that they just thought it was fine. You know, he's just kind of moving with the caravan. But after three days of looking for him in this traveling caravan on the way home from Jerusalem, Mary realizes that he's not with them. Um, kind of one of those moments like, I thought he was with you, Joseph. What, what happened? And so they head back. They head back to Jerusalem. And where do they find him? In the temple. In the temple. Speaking to the priests. Uh, I think even, even reading the scripture. Here's what it says, and this is later in Luke chapter 2. After these days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions, the rabbis, the teachers. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. It's kind of funny. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in great distress. And he said to them, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And they did not understand the saying that he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive to them. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. Okay, so didn't ponder. She treasured up all of these things in her heart. Son, why have you treated us so? (laughs) It's that moment where you're just so angry at, your, at the child for, for doing something that you felt like they shouldn't have, but more than anything, you're relieved, they're safe, you're happy, the love is overwhelming, you're just happy that they're safe and that they've been found. I don't know what, my, what I would do if my son said to me, why were you looking for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? And yet here in this moment, it seems that the, the treasuring is more like a puzzling not so much of like a marvel and delight and overwhelmed by kind of that emotion, but, but more of a, a puzzling. They didn't understand what Jesus was saying. They were astonished by his understanding, maybe overwhelmed by the thought of what it must be like to, to parent and raise the Son of God. 
and it says Mary treasured these things in her heart. She pondered them. She tried to understand. I imagine she felt joyful and terrified for him all at once. Isn't that the juxtaposition of parenthood? You are joyful and terrified pretty much all the time. The things we ponder and weigh over the course of the, the, course of the lives of our children Right, The joy-filled moments of discovery and learning and laughing and, and growing into the people that you believe they were meant to be. But there's always mixed in the fear and the uncertainty, the, the angst over what could come, the angst over maybe things that you can't fix or change, the decisions that might be made that you can't control as they grow into adulthood, the what-ifs. The juxtaposition of parenthood is filled with, with joy and fear and joy and and terror but isn't that too just the juxtaposition of life not just parenthood but all of life isn't that how life goes life is fragile life is hard but life is beautiful i think that's what mary is showing us here in our passage this morning, in that moment when she meets her son and she treasures it and she, she ponders it and she marvels at what this could be. But there had to be some angst and some fear and some un, um, uncertainty over what's to come. What would be required of her son one day? Isn't that life? As we ponder and as we weigh, as we, as we maybe think too much about the uncertainty of the future, we're also called to treasure the gifts of grace in the present. Those gifts given to us along the journey that help us find joy along the journey in whatever forms they sort of present themselves. I think Mary calls us now, she teaches us now that even amidst all the uncertainty or what is to come, we can treasure and ponder things now, those joy-filled, loving moments that give life their meaning, that give life their wonder, that give life sort of just their sparkle in those moments. Life is hard, life is fragile, but life is beautiful. I think that's the peace that we can have this morning together. That although the the details of each of our futures here this morning, what even the new year will hold, the what-ifs that can keep us up at night, we can have real peace this morning because we know that our future and our destination is actually secure in Jesus Christ. Because of Christ, because of this new, what I imagine, cutest baby ever, (laughs) Because of him, love is here now. Peace is here now. Joy is here now. And we can have this hope, even the darkness of uncertainty and fear and anxiety over what is to come. The death and violence of the world that still loom and honestly some days press in so much we don't know if we're going to make it. But we have this hope. I shared this last night, but it's always worth reading again on Christmas. We have this hope that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him, not anything made that was made. That's right. 
In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. This is our hope, and this is our light, that we can have and experience this peace now, because the light of the world has come, and the darkness that we face, the darkness that we feel at points, will never be able to overtake it. So I wonder this morning, as we close together, what are some things that you are treasuring and holding in your heart this morning? What are you pondering? What are you treasuring? And if you're feeling bold and brave in your Christmas jammies, you can even shout something out. What are you treasuring? Your husband. I love that. Me too. Grandkids. Learning to make what? Okay. That's awesome. Those are beautiful moments, aren't they? We are all treasuring Kindle in that Christmas tree headband. <laughs> treasuring church family. I heard friendship. Yeah. Sometimes they are our joy and our light when we can't be. Yeah. Amen. I mean, I know we could all be lots of places this morning, but I can't imagine any other place I'd want to be than right here with you guys on Christmas morning, worshiping and celebrating the birth of Christ together. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. And for, for what it all means, for the, for the meaning that it gives our lives, for the purpose that we have in Jesus Christ, for the identity, for the family. What sweetness, what goodness, what joy, what beauty we find in you. So God, we thank you for these gifts. We thank you for this grace. We thank you for all of the things that we have named this morning that we are treasuring, places that we are seeing your goodness and your grace and your joy this Christmas. Would you give us the, the courage that we need to continue to treasure these things, to make these things a priority so that we can continue to be lights for you in an ever-darkening world. We love you and we pray these things in the name of Jesus Christ, the newborn King. Amen. Amen.